I'm Ali Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 35, Katie with Hook and W Ranch. Today, she's a young woman who is making a name for herself, not only in the barrel, not only as a barrel racer and in the stock contractor world, um, but also in the bucking bull world. So, Katie, if you would not mind telling us a little bit about yourself to get things kicked off today. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. I absolutely enjoy this kind of stuff. Um, so, I, I grew up in southern Oklahoma. I've, I've always been around rodeo in a rodeo family. I went to college on a rodeo scholarship, and I, I've, I've, to be honest, I've done this my whole life, but I don't, I don't know much else. Um, <laughs> af- after college, I, I moved back home, back to southern Oklahoma, and decided I was going to rodeo. That was, you know, I was going to run barrels. That was the direction I wanted to go. I thought I had some nice horses. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny how when you think you have things planned out, things take a turn, and you're like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to do this then, I guess. So I, I went to an event with my grandpa and my little brother to a buck and bull fraternity, and I immediately fell in love with it. I had always been around it, but never been, like, just 100% involved. And that was in 2018, and I can probably count on one hand how many barrel races or rodeos I've been to since then. Um, well, the buck and bull world is, is something that I truly love and that I'm, you know, excited about and used to running barrels is all that mattered and now i've I've kind of picked the bulls over the barrel horses (laughs) funny how that happens right when you find definitely loved and something else takes wayside for sure for sure well and so okay so for you you're kind of titled under i know you probably wear many hats but Mm -hmm. kind of a stock contractor is kind of the general term used for somebody who kind of does what you do Mm -hmm. um and for somebody who maybe is listening that may have no idea what that means, could you maybe explain that a little bit? Yeah, so being a stock contractor, well, we own um, all the bucking bulls. So we take bulls to uh, the PBRs. We take some to fraternities, which is the younger bulls. Um, if anybody had listened to your podcast with Courtney, she's got a bucking bull with us. Um, you know, we provide the stock for these rodeos or these events. Is, is really what we do. Um, we deal in a lot more younger bulls. We do raise everything. Um, so that's another, like, really neat thing that we get to see these calves be born at the house and then, you know, go on through the whole ranks of the ABBI, the American Buck and Bull, and, and go through their ranks. And then, you know, obviously the end goal is to have them at the PBR. Right, right. Okay. And what kind of goes into bucking bulls as far as, obviously, their calves and then, what do you kind of look for when, when you're trying to pick one and get one ready type of situation? So we're actually bucking them all this week. Um, we, as weanlings, we, we keep them up and, and we handle them. I know a lot of people think that bucking bulls are mean, wild. Um, if anybody looks at my social media, there's pictures of me, you know, setting on them and, and loving on them. There's one of me brushing and slice spraying. So we, we really – these, these these bulls that we haul, they act more like horses, really, than, than bulls. But we um, we handle them their whole life. So um, as yearlings, we start bucking them a little bit, and we just kind of ease them into it. And we buck them three or four times, and then you can kind of make a decision. Um, being in this business, as long as we have, you kind of have an eye for it. Um, there's there's little things that we look for in pedigree. I mean, that's and coming from a barrel racer background, it, it's a big deal to me. 
um, we kind of know, okay, we get along with these bloodlines better than these, or, you know, this cow, she produces this kind of calf, and this bull produces this kind of calf, and, you know, you, you really look through and think, okay, we're going to breed this one to this one to hopefully get this kind of calf. Um, you know, like, like Top Dollar, um, his first two or three trips, we seriously thought about sending him to the cell barn. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw something in him that we liked, and, you know, now we look at him, and he's won a world title, and I think he's uh, third in the in the fraternity standings right now. So um, definitely glad we kept him. But it, it's a process. Um, you know, we, we start hauling them lightly as yearlings, and then they, they really start going their two-, three-, and four-year-old years. So it's really kind of a combination combination of genetics and um, kind of, I guess, just their will to buck a little bit too, right? Oh, definitely. And we we have got it kind of broken down into, um, I think we have about 40 cows, and we've really broke it down to we know those cows, have they have produced something or their moms have produced something. So we really try to keep um, uh, only keep cows that that we know are going to produce. Um, we we don't try to to keep a cow just because I, I get attached. I'll be the first one to tell you. But um, if if her calves aren't bucking, um, you know we we have to get rid of them. They they don't do us any good. So um, it's it's hard uh, to to say oh well we're gonna sell this cow we're gonna keep this cow because um, like I said I get attached and I I don't want to sell any of them. Right. <laughs> and at the end of the day, this is how we make a living. So you have to you have to get rid of some to to keep more. And and the younger stuff, we we try to kind of sell the older cows and keep some younger stuff and and have new like newer genetics per se to to keep the herd kind of growing. But um, there, a lot of people want big numbers and we don't. We just want good cows and not a lot of them. And then that way you know those same 25 or 30 cows, however many, they're going to hit every time versus having 100 and, you know, maybe 20 hitting. So it's it's definitely a, a game, and, and it's not simple of just taking a cow and taking a bull and breeding and hope it bucks. Like there's a whole um, a whole deal behind how we pick them and, and the whole process. Right, and I'm sure, too, kind of as far as maintaining them, too, right? There's I'm sure there's a science that goes into all of that as well, not only from a nutritional side of things, but probably from a training side as well. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, I, they laugh at me sometimes because, um, you know, we get these bulls magna-waved and we get them shock-waved and we get them injected. Um, they're taking care of, I mean, you know, Wupaw that won the Classic last year, uh, he eats before we ever think about eating everything. I mean, well, they all do, but, you know, that bull, he's he's babied and he's taken care of and you know, without them, I mean, there's, there, there's, we're not here. So we take care of them, you know, their family. And exactly. there's, there's a lot that goes into these as far as, you know, just exercising or vet work. We have a great vet. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that people sometimes don't realize what all goes into these bulls, you know, just, just to get one to the classic finals, which is the four-year-old that Wupaw won last year, just to get one there is, is a really big deal. Right. And I, I think, I mean, even this was something I kind of just recently figured out just because I'm not super heavily involved in the rodeo side of kind of the industry. But um, I think maybe a misconception is when a bull is going to be a bucking bull, somebody, the first time it bucks, there's a rider, right, involved, and that's not the case. So could you maybe kind of talk us through a little bit about how that all kind of works mm-hmm. as far as their sequence of how 
growth, I guess, and everything? So we, like I said, we start bucking them as yearlings, and um, we have a little, it's a little box, and it's called the dummy, and it, I think ours weighs about eight pounds, and we have a remote control, and whenever you want it to come off, you click the button, and it comes off. So if they do something really good, and you're, it's more of a training tool, really. So if they do something that you like, you can click it off. And um, they use we use the dummy from their yearling year to their two-year-old year. When they turn three, we put a rider on them. Um, it's it's kind of a, a little bit of a kind of a strategic kind of deal. We've got a set of three-year-olds this year that two of them we put a rider on. The rest we're just trying to grow and get big to be able to handle the bull riders. Um, right. Some people. Uh, they don't like the three-year-old deal at all, and they wait till they're older. Um, we're we're kind of half of them. We put a rider on half, of them we're not going to. So it's one of those deals where we're we're just kind of playing the game, really. Uh, but as far as a rider, if we don't think they're ready, that's the good thing about this business. If we don't think they're ready, it's not like they have to go somewhere and get a rider. We can we can pick and choose where we want them to go and and kind of play our game in, in a way. Right. And then to kind of the, um, I guess you mentioned kind of comparing them to horses in a way. And I think that's the only comparable way I can kind of think about it as far as um, ownership and all that kind of stuff too. It's kind of like racehorses. I can, that's like the first thing I think of as far as there's owners and then there's people that kind of take care of them. And I mean, that's not every case obviously, but um, for some of these, so how does that kind of work too? So, you know, somebody like Courtney, um, she owns part of Top Dollar, and I mean, if, if somebody was to buy one, Courtney comes to the house. Her um, India Whiskey Design, she owns a bull with us. Um, they come over and help us do stuff. But if if somebody from you know wherever wanted to buy a bull, you're not required to do anything. Um, if you you want to show up to the event, uh, we we joke you just show up to the event and get in the wind picture. <laughs> um, there, there's there's no real responsibility as far as you having to come take care of him or feed him. So um, my dad also has a bull with us, and he watches him on Facebook Live. I don't know that he's ever seen him buck other than one time in person. So um, he, he just watches on, on TV and uh, calls and says, you know, hey, good job, whatever. Um, but as far as, like, being involved, you can be as involved or as not involved as you want to be in this business. And I think that's what's really cool. Um, you know, I love seeing these people get on social media and be able to tell people, I got a bucking bull, because there's a lot of people that have no idea that you could even do that. Right. Um, and, and it's such a cool industry. And then I've loved um, – Courtney being involved because she has told so many people about this industry and the, a lot of the misconceptions about it. Um, I, I think that's such a neat deal as far as just getting what we do out there. And um, and like I said, she doesn't flank top dollar. I don't even flank top dollar. We leave that to Laramie. Um, but I have really got to watch the industry grow just from social media, and I love that. Um, I think you have to have that in, in this in this day and time of you have to show people that you can be involved and you can, you know, um, in, in Fort Worth at the event, the announcer said something to the effect of, you know, you can live in an apartment in downtown Dallas and own a buck and bull. And so Courtney really played off of that, and, and we love that, of, you know, you can be never have set foot on a ranch, whatever, and still be involved. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, it's a business, obviously, and you're you're trying to make money at the end of the day. Otherwise, 
why mm-hmm. why be involved, right? Yeah. Right. But um, it's it's interesting because it's really a unique investment opportunity, I think, too, like you said, for someone who maybe has no exposure to livestock or they live in an apartment in Dallas where they can still kind of be involved and have that yeah. exposure. Well, yeah, and I think that's that might be the coolest thing. Um, and if you just look across the board in the in the fraternity world, especially, there's people that they, to be honest, they don't have a clue about a bucking bull, really. They know that they like seeing their name on social media or on TV, and and I think that's really cool for us because you know we're getting people involved that that you know had never even thought of having a ranch or owning a truck and trailer. Right. Uh, and you know, and I love that about this industry of you. Anybody can be a part. You know, you just have to call us and get in contact and and be a part of it more or less. Right. Yeah. And so from a learning experience for yourself, I guess, has this been kind of a trial and error situation? Or I mean, I know you mentioned you were more so on the the barrel racing side of things, and then kind of just fell in love with it. But how has that kind of been a learning experience for you? Uh, you know. I, my brother has always had youth fraternity camps, and um, the first couple of times I was, I I don't I'm not really I don't really get nervous. And the first couple of times I went to a fraternity, and they have a women's fraternity, and I entered, and I was beyond nervous. <laughs> I thought I was thinking back there like, okay, how am I how am I supposed to plank my bull? I don't remember like texting my grandpa sitting across the pan and be like, how much plank did you say to put in? And he's like, you'll be fine. I'm like. Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. To um, you know, I, in 2019 I did win the world, and I feel like I should have been really nervous at the world finals. And you know, I felt like I had been enough. I knew my bull. There was no need to even be nervous, and uh, it it all worked out at the finals to, to to my advantage. It did, but you know, there as far as like learning about these bulls. Um, and that's what I find fascinating. You know, not every bull is the same. So some take more planks, some take less, some have to be, you know, a certain way in the chute. And so getting to, to learn how to handle these calves is such a fun experience for me just because, you know, I have to figure out, you know, obviously it would be a lot easier if they could just talk to us. Right. But <laughs> figuring out what suits them best for them to be successful um, and, you know, it's like I keep referring to the barrel horse deal, but there has been places where I, I won't take a certain horse because I, I think he the, the ring doesn't fit him or the, the style of his running style doesn't really fit the ground. Or, and we play a lot into that with the bulls. Um, there are some places that the arena is set a little different and we don't think one bull would do well there or one would. And so there's a lot of. Um, and in, kind of like you said, it's a learning experience. We, I, I learn something from these bulls every day. And, you know, they've got the biggest personalities. And um, you, you really have to pay attention. And we're with them out here, you know, every single day. So I get to see these bulls grow and mature into, in, into what they are now, which is so cool for me just to watch them. You know, I, I have to sit back every now and then and just be like, wow, like I get to do this every day. This is such a blessing. And, and just see – like these bulls grow, and, and sometimes like I have to think, wow, like he he really matured in in six weeks, and he had to step back and like, okay, now I got to reevaluate that certain bull to to for him to keep being successful. Well, right, I mean they're they're athletes, really. I mean, you, I'm sure they're always tweaking things and making adjustments, and the fact that you guys are able to be so hands on with them um, probably. 
helps out a little bit because you kind of know, oh, hey, you know, they're off today or whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're a different breed of athletes for sure. But that's, that's really what they are at the end of the day. For sure, you know, and like I said, we have a great vet. Her name's Dallas, and um, she has been a godsend. If, if something looks wrong, we can call her, send her a video or a picture, and she is so good about being like, hey, let's try this, this, and this, and go from there. And, you know, she knows the bulls about as well as we do. And uh, I, I never um, never thought, like, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, that we go to the vet and we get them injected and that kind of thing, but um, – I never realized how much a a good vet plays into your program. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but uh, when you step back and think, wow, like she started working for us, or not necessarily work for us, but being our vet, and wow, look what it's turned into. You know, she really took our, our program to the next level because of her work. And, and it was never anything like very major she had to do. But there was a lot of smaller things that we tweaked that she knew that we were like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense, you know. Well, yeah, and I'm just – I'm sure the, the team of people behind everything, too. I mean, this is um, putting a lot of time and money and energy into it, so you yeah. want to make sure everything yeah. – Well, you know, and just, just from um, our feed guys to our supplement people, our vet, um, you know, just the people that come in collectibles – it's it's such a a neat experience just as as a whole for the bullet each bullet itself you know um like Wupaw, um the the man that owns him he's Mr. Larry he lives in New Mexico and you know he's part of him that bull has a whole fan club you know and the <laughs> he same, does he the does. same way with Top Dollar um I I get messages all the time of I love Top Dollar or I love Wupaw so much I'm like oh me too I I love him too you know. <laughs> But to to and I I get messages of we've watched Wupaw all year long, you know at the finals of him and Joe say that was the coolest ride I've ever seen. And I'm like man, you know like for me it's such a neat deal. We a couple of months ago we went to an event and uh, we pull in to unload and this little boy that's probably nine he comes running to the truck and he Larry rolls the window down and he said did you guys bring Wupaw? And that just made my heart like I was like oh my goodness you know and. We said, no, we didn't get to bring it. He was so sad. I was like, I told Larry, I said, golly, we're going to have to start taking bull pot everywhere we go. Because people, you know, they, they just love that bull. And it's the same way, like I said, with Top Dollar. But it, it's such a, it, it's almost fulfilling for us as, you know, we're doing our job promoting these bulls and showing them where people get excited to see them. You know, I, I'm like a little kid, too. I get so excited just watching them. Well, and it's, it's I think, uh, testimony to you guys as well that you're doing it correctly and you're you know trying to educate and promote your business and your bowls and all of that as well and in a proper fashion I think too yes you know and that was Laramie and I's main goal was to show people that you know we're not making these bulls buck they they're bred to do this right um, and showing that we're not hurting them they live an easy life you know top dollar he uh today he's stood at a round bell and laid out in the pen. You know, he, he has a pretty rough life. Right. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's so neat. The, the way that these, these bulls, you know, get to perform on, on such a level, um, this weekend we'll probably be in the short round at Fort Worth at the PBR. And um, I made a post on Facebook about, you know, who do you think is going to pick him in the short round? And so many people have commented and messaged and said, hey, we think this one's going to pick him. And 
just for us, we're like, man, like that's exciting that somebody else is excited to see him too. Um, you know, because like at the finals, I I didn't even go down on the floor. I actually sat with Courtney in the stands and watched it just like a fan, any other fan. And to see everybody be so excited, not only for Wupa, but for Jose as well to win the world on him, it was such a cool moment because everybody in that building was excited. And, you know, we all just, I, I was in tears. Like, I, I couldn't believe, you know, what it, that I'd never seen a bull ride like that in my life. And so to know that, you know, I had a hand in that, you know, I, obviously I don't flank Paul, but, you know, I feed and do whatever and take care of him. So that was such a neat opportunity just to be a part of, you know, and I, I hope that for more people to realize that, like, you can be a part of this too. Like, all you got to do is call me and I will get you hooked up. <laughs> yeah, just the fact that you got, yeah, I'm like you said, I mean, I'm such a, probably emotional experience for you to know that you had a, a big part of that success and then to be able to see that success not only for that moment in time but know that you have other ones that are hopefully going to follow in that same limelight as well yes you know um like i said in 2019 when i won the world um it came down to the at the finals whoever uh you know was more than this i think there was 0.12 between me and second and that, and I didn't even try to do the math. I was trying not to even, you know, even think about it. And when it all settled, you know, all said and done, I did win it. And that was probably the coolest thing. Um, that was a bull that my grandpa had raised. He had raised his mom and his dad as well. So that was a homegrown bull. I helped put the first trip on him and to see him, you know, go on and be successful as a homegrown, home-raised kind of bull. And then, obviously, my first world title was something that I just – I completely fell in love even more with it at that moment, you know. Um, and then, like, with Top Dollar, we raised him. And then Wupaw, Mr. Larry, raised him. So he's he's really special. Um, the That boy, is, he'll, he'll probably never leave leave the house. Mr. Larry had a, had a really good friend that uh, – his name was JP, and he lost him of cancer. And JP always used to holler Wupaw. So when he passed away, they wanted to name a bull Wupaw, and they'd been waiting on a good one. And Wupaw had turned out to be pretty good. And then, you know, this, the the whole story is, you know, his, his kind of name says itself. But he was one that, you know, we were determined to make him win the world. Like that was just that was the goal. And with a cool story like that on a bull, uh, that makes it even more special, you know. And, the, the three bulls that we've won the world with in the last few years have just been – such. they each had their own little story, which is so cool to me. I'm, I'm kind of like that. I, I like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so from home-raised bulls to bulls that, you know, had, had their names had a meaning, which was super cool, and, and everybody kind of knows about the Wupaw deal. And it's such a cool thing to be a part of, you know. Like I – Sometimes I have to, like, step back, like I said, and just kind of be like, wow, like, this is so cool that I, I just get to, you know, get in the win picture. Right, yeah. Well, I love that, too. I love that there's stories because I think it just makes it that much more special. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously you guys have had successes there, but I kind of want to talk to you about your success recently as well. Um, mm -hmm. You were recently named 30 Under 30 for the Cowgirl Magazine, so congratulations yes. to that. Thank you. Uh, but let's talk about that a little bit. So how did how did all that kind of happen, and what has that become of now that you're a part of that 2021 class? Mm -hmm. So they 
put out on um, social media about applying. Well, I kind of joked around like, oh, I think I might do it. And then I talked myself completely out of it. Like, I'm not going to do it. Whatever. Well, I think it was two days before the deadline. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Whatever. Well, a friend of mine that I went to college with, we were in Tulsa for the PBR, and she got some pictures of – I had my Fancy Lady Cowgirl stuff on. Well, she took some pictures of me in it. And she was like, hey, put your hat and your shirt back on. Let's just, let's just take some pictures. Well, she emailed them to me and was like, apply for 30 under 30 or I'm doing it for you. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, I applied. And funny story, I was at a bull sale, and a couple of my friends had gotten their response letters. Well, I hadn't gotten mine when I got home, and I was freaking out. I was like, okay, I didn't get it. It's okay. Whatever, you know, like, it's fine. I I was, like, completely prepared. Well, I sent an email, and they said, oh, my gosh, yours must have got lost in the mail. Congratulations. You were one of the 30 under 30. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy that, you know, my letter had got lost. Right. Like, okay, I've already taught myself out of it once, now whatever. Well, you know, the letter ended up getting there. So it, it was such a neat honor. And, and really what I did it for was to be able to promote the buck and bull industry. Um, and, and that was really my main goal behind wanting to, to get, hoping to get selected was to be able to show people, hey, like, this is what we do. I'm, I'm not your typical um, – you know, influencer or, you know, just a barrel racer, but this, we have a whole different story. And, and I think sometimes people, they don't really understand what we do, which, which is totally fine. Um, but sometimes if you will just, you know, look into what we do, it's such a neat business. And, um, you know, the, the 30 under 30, I really was excited just to be selected because that gives another avenue just to promote what we do and, and the bulls essentially, you know, I, we, we kind of joke about, we sell the bulls to the people trying to get them to be like, Oh, we're going to follow this certain bull all the way through his life. And then the next thing you know, they're buying bulls. Right. Yeah. How cool though. I mean, what a, what an honor. And uh, there's a lot of really tough women on that list. So I'm, um, I'm honored to be talking to somebody on the list. <laughs> Thank you. I, I've I've been super excited about the whole deal. You know, um, I call a Jody with Emily Miller, and she got it. So I, I know a couple of the girls. I really don't know a lot of them. Um, so I'm super excited. We actually have a they call it the Spring Fling. It's a, one of the biggest fraternities all year. Is in Abilene, Texas that same weekend. So uh, we're going from Thursday and Friday of next week to the event our bulls but friday there's an event friday night so courtney's driving to abilene to watch top dollar we're leaving <laughs> abilene trying to drive back to get to the event friday night and then saturday will be the uh, the actual presentation and all of that kind of stuff at, at Northside. so it's going to be a a hectic kind of crazy next weekend but i wouldn't change it i'm beyond thankful for the opportunity yeah, well, that sounds like a blast, and I hope you guys have fun and uh, soak it up. Oh, start? definitely. We're, we're hoping that um, that that we win something and, and we do well. So um, it, it, it's such a neat deal, you know. And I, I, I talked I talked to Courtney earlier, and I was like, I don't know how we're gonna do all this. I am nervous. I don't <laughs> want to miss anything. I was like, I'm the tough person. I hate missing out. So I was like, we're gonna figure. She's like, don't worry. 
I'll come get you. We're going to make it all work. Like, okay, <laughs> you're prepared to drive a lot. <laughs> Figure it out, right? right drive yeah, to yeah. tonight if you got to. Yeah, so it's it's such a neat um, a neat lifestyle. You know, I know there's a lot of people that, that ranch and do things, and I don't, we don't, you know, really technically, I, I don't feel like we are real ranching kind of people. But the the buck and bulls are such a different breed of animals. It's like almost like raising deer sometimes because they're so some of them are pretty wild and <laughs> they're kind of all over the place. But we uh, we definitely get a a big enjoyment of seeing these bulls, you know, end up on TV or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, you just kind of mentioned it was they're a breed of their own and kind of in their own world, which I would tend to agree with. Um, but also, on the flip side of that. There's not a ton of women involved in it, I'd say, and I know we've kind of touched on that a little bit. So what is it like kind of being a woman paving the way in the in the industry? It, it's such an awesome thing. You know, um, there's been some women before me that I completely look up to, the Leanne Hart, Tiffany Davis, um, some of those girls that are women that are just phenomenal. And, you know, I can call right now and be like, hey, like, what do you think about this? And, you know, they are just as knowledgeable as any man. And I have to really give them a lot of credit because, you know, I look up to them as, as just, you know, leaders of, hey, like, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think about this? You know, and, and when I won the world in 2019, Leanne was the first one to hug me and tell me congratulations and, like, so proud of you. You deserve this. And, you know, coming from her, like, wow, like, thank you so much. You know, um, in, in 2019 or 18, I'm sorry, I went to some, some events and – I didn't go a whole I went I started in June, so I didn't go a whole lot. So in two thousand nineteen my uncle Cord McCoy, his his wife, my aunt Sarah, she was pregnant. And so Cord would send me with a truck and trailer and a load of bulls to to go help him and, and I would go and uh I was on the back of the bucket shoots, you know, I mean this is grown men. And right. then, I in, in more a little more in 2018 I guess um, these years kind of all run together at this point, but uh, I was back there with grown men flanking big bulls, and never once have I ever felt like I didn't belong back there. Uh, anything I needed, there was men back there. Hey, you need me to help you do this or this? Yes, thank you so much because you know I'm not a very big girl, so I can't really put my leg over the bucket chute and push a bull over, so it's always nice to have a man there to be like, hey, I, I, I can help you. Um, <laughs> but it, it's such a neat deal. Like I said, I never once felt like I didn't belong, and I think that's one of the cool things about this industry was everybody was so welcoming, and, and nobody ever thought, you know, you don't belong here. And being a woman, obviously, there's, there's not a lot of us, um, so – Sometimes when you go places, people are like, oh, well, a girl. And now it's getting more normal. There's more and more girls that are doing this, which I think is super cool. I'm, I'm all for that. And, you know, I, I get excited when somebody is like, hey, like, I want to I want a women's fraternity cap. I'm like, awesome. Like, this is what I love. I love that. You know, we do everything with them. And, and to be a part of that is super cool, you know, for somebody to want to learn and I keep I keep telling Corey, I'm like, you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to flank your bull sometime. Like we're gonna get you a women's cap and you're gonna have to flank him. Um and, and it's such it's such a blast. And there's during the women's fraternity it's only women on the back of the bucket shoot. So there's there's two men that put the dummies on, but they don't help you, they don't flank your bull for you, you know, you, you do it yourself. 
so I think that's like the super cool part of it is like we get to do it all on our own and show that like hey like look you know we're we're not it's not just a man's sport anymore yeah and I mean how cool obviously that you guys are involved in it but then to show other women that you can do it too you know what I mean you don't have to be a guy to be involved in this type of industry or do I mean do it like you can do it on your own you can succeed at it yeah and that's that's what's so much fun about it you know like and to be in the women's fraternity it it doesn't say like you know you have to live here and you have to feed it every day like that's that's not the case you know if if you just want to come and plank your bull awesome I can help you do it I'll teach you how to plank it's not hard you know and it's such a fun opportunity and it's it's a little more I don't want to say it's a little more laid back because we're pretty competitive, but uh, it's it's maybe not as much pressure as like being in the open fraternity. You know, sometimes you can get a little starstruck about like, oh my goodness, I'm on the back of the bug and shoots. We're you know at a PBR. I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. I, I get a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie at those, but the fraternities they're pretty laid back, and I think that's what's super cool about it is. You know, you never have to have to worry at those women's deals. Like, if you need help, I will be the first one to help you. You know. And that's what's super cool because my first couple of events, there were some women that kind of took me under the wing, like, hey, we'll help you. You need anything, you know, we'll we'll, we'll help you. And um, I think that's super cool. And so now, being that I, I've been in it a few years, it just in the women's fraternity itself a few years, that if somebody needs help, like, I'm the first one to be like, hey, like, I'll help you. I'll do anything you need. You just tell me what you need, you know, and, and, and I'll help you. Well, I think that's such a cool thing about, the agriculture or livestock industry as a whole, I feel like overall they're pretty, people are pretty supportive, but I think this whole like women involved, women's movement and all of it too, is just like the support in it is even more so, I think. Like women yeah. supporting women and women wanting to see other women succeed is such a cool thing. And um, the fact that it's like you could be, I mean, <laughs> it just blows my mind away sometimes that, you know, women involved in the bucking bull industry and like supporting each other within that facet or whatever it may be. Um, but at the end of the day, I think just knowing that you can do it and that there's going to be someone there to help you along the way too. For sure. You know, I, like I said, coming from a barrel horse background, um, not dogging on my barrel horse friends, but <laughs> they're not notorious to be the most friendly. Right. I mean, I, I'm probably going to cut to a lot of stuff over that, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, they're they're not the most friendly. I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it. And with the buck and bull, that's been something that I've I've really loved as a whole. The people have been super supportive. And you know, if if you're new to this, and you know, I'll be the first one to help anybody. You know, I, my phone number's out on social media. Message me, Instagram, Facebook. I, there's everything you can imagine. I'm on it. Call me, text me, whatever. Let me know what you need. If if you need a bull, I probably got one. You know, if if you just want to learn how to flank, like come to my house. I got bulls. There's everywhere. You know, and I think a lot of people. Um, I don't want to say that they think I, I'm I'm no celebrity and I'm I'm not better than anybody. But sometimes people think that people are like maybe untouchable, un, uncontactable. Yeah. Um, and I don't ever want to be that way. Like if if you got a question about a bull, me, Laramie, my uncle Cor, my grandpa Denny anybody they'll be the first ones to call and have you know call and, and let you know what they think you know um laramie gets videos sometimes of people like hey what do you think about this bull and i mean we're just dead honest with you you know yep. so i think that's a cool thing because you, there you don't find that a lot in other industries of 
hey, you know, what do you think about this bull or what do you think about this horse? Sometimes people aren't always honest with you. Yep. And and in the buck and bull world, I think that's super, something that's super cool is, like, people are willing to help you. You know, we, we call other contractors and bounce ideas off or, you know, something like that, which sometimes you're like, just a fresh set of eyes, like, oh, well, I didn't even think of that. Okay, well, that makes sense, you know. So I think that's another thing that's really neat, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, really proud to be a part of, of an industry like that. And I think that honesty and transparency really goes a long way from a business standpoint as well. For sure. You know, we've got some partners, um, and I love them dearly. They're from Wisconsin, and they've got uh, four bulls with us. And, uh, one, you know, they, we can text and say, hey, we're going to enter this, this, this. Um, what do you think? And they say, you know, we completely trust you. You do what you think. And that makes our job easy because, okay, like, well, we know. We just want to touch base with you, you know, and, and they're great people. Of Oh, sure, whatever you want to do, you know what's going on. Make the decision. So I, that's super cool because they trust us and in our judgment of, this is where this bull needs to go. He needs to be entered here, here, and here. Okay, sounds great. You know, so that kind of stuff, we, we appreciate that as far as, like, just just bull, um, I don't even really know what the word is, but just the, the um, I just totally went, like, mind blank. I'll think <laughs> of it in a minute. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we, we've got partners, um, Dustin Denning in, in, in North Carolina, you know, he's got three bulls here with us right now. Um, Mark and Sarah Underwood, like I said, from, from Wisconsin. And we've got partners from everywhere. And, and I think that's such a, a fun deal because, you know, we it's not like people are just local right around here. Um, you know, Dustin, I don't think he's ever even been to our place. Um, I've, I've met Dustin one time. And, you know, we've had a bull for him since May of last year. And so I think that's super cool, um, you know, that he trusts us. To, to have this bull and, and not to be like, oh, I don't know, you know, where my bull is. You know, he just is like, oh, I trust you guys. Take care of him. Let me know what I need to do. So, like, that makes us feel good, you know, just on, on our part. Yeah, absolutely. And um, helps them from a safe investment standpoint and then you guys to be the, the go-tos when it comes to that kind of stuff as well. Yes. You know, Courtney jokes about whenever I, I sent her an Instagram message one day. Um, about like, hey, uh, what do you think about partnering on a bull? Is pretty much what the message said. And she was like, and she jokes about it now. She was like, I knew she sent this to the wrong person. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. So she said, I called. She said, I vetted you guys. I called everybody in the buck and bull world I knew. It was like, what about this Laramie and Katie? And so, you know, we joke about it now of like, we had a good enough reputation of people to be like, yes. You need to do this. You need to partner on this bull. Like that made, you know, it was super cool for us, you know, because she easily could have said no and not even replied. But, you know, at the end of the day, I had already been told no that day. So it wasn't going to hurt my feelings if she told me no. But when she said (laughs) yes, that was probably the most exciting thing for us is, you know, we were on social media before Courtney, but she has really grown. I mean, you know, we've sold to three different people just because of her. And um, three three new people in the bull business is that's good for the bull business as a whole. Exactly. Um, and so we were super super excited because Courtney really elevated it and and was teaching people. And that's what I told her. I said I really want people to learn about this. I don't want to just be like, oh yeah, Courtney owns part of Top Dollar. I wanted her to really teach people like 
this is how we take care of them. You know, this is how we do this. And in the process, we're not making them buck. And it's just a, a really streamlined, easy process for us and the bulls. And that was going to be kind of my, my last question before we get into the rapid fire stuff was um, how social media has kind of grown your exposure and allowed you to kind of have those opportunities. Yeah, you know, it really has. And and I, I asked people, like, how did you find us? Like, you, you know, we have zero mutual friends. Yes. Know, but like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and they go, oh, well, um, well, Courtney, uh, we went to an event in Cedar Park, Texas. And we met this girl, and she owned the cell barn. And she she said, oh, well, you guys are partnered with, with Courtney on Top Dollar. We're like, how in the world? Like, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and people all the time are like, oh, you guys, yeah, you're with Courtney. I'm like, yeah, well, we're with Courtney, yep. <laughs> and it's such a neat deal because people have no clue of really about the bull business that will send us messages and like, oh, you know, we're so excited. And they keep up and they follow these bulls. And it's all because of we post about them on social media and, and they know their names and, like, they, they really watch these bulls each week. And I find that so fascinating because I'm obsessed with them, if, if you can't tell. And uh, <laughs> it's such a neat opportunity because these people that, that might not be able to afford to be in the bull business through social media, they can still follow them. And, and I, I want people to, like, you know, I know sometimes it seems crazy, but us videoing out here feeding the bulls or taking care of them, some people are like, why in the world would you post that? I'm like, well, because people want to see the, you know, the us going out there, me being able to, well, what Willie's laying down, I can set on him and scratch him or, or go in there and pet top dollar. Um, they they want to see that kind of stuff and, and not know that all that bull does is buck. You know, he, he's a pet pretty much. And, um I want more people to know more of that side of that they, they're a bull. They, they get to live the life. They have it, you know, made versus uh, somebody thinking that we, these are tools, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, I want somebody to think that, that we do this and, and we're hard on them and we're not, you know, this, this is obviously how we make a living. And so we have to take care of them. And that was the biggest thing on social media. We wanted people to know that this is like, this is our livelihood. And we take care of them, they take care of us kind of deal. Yeah, and I think that's really kind of, at the end of the day, the message that is a little bit lost is the whole, they we take care of them, they take care of us. It's kind of a um, codependent relationship. So it doesn't benefit anybody to have poor care or um, treatment, anything like that. Yeah, people sometimes don't understand, like, what we go through to, to take care of these bulls, you know. Um, Sometimes we, we leave three or four days early. Uh, last year at the Classic Finals in Sioux Falls, uh, it's a ways from Decatur, Texas, to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I think we left three days early before the bulls even bucked. You know, and everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you guys are leaving so early. Well, we wanted to get up there, let those bulls lay down, let them rest. Now, Wupa, he gets in the trailer and he lays down. We've got his knee-deep in shavings. <laughs> so, but they most of them bulls will lay down in the trailer, so we don't have to really worry. But... We, we want to get up there and get to whatever event and get them laid down, get them bedded down, and rest. Yeah. Um, you know, Wupa, he, he won the first round of the classic finals and then was second and then ended up winning the world and the finals average. But we wanted to make sure 
he was well rested and taken care of, you know, because if, if we would have just drove to Sioux Falls and bucking, he might not have been as good. And so, like, it, it's really a game of, hey, we need to leave, you know, at 6.30 on Thursday to make sure that we make it here on time. And it, it's really like a kind of a whole game plan of, like, okay, we got to do this, this, and this to make this be successful. And so a lot of people don't ever realize that, like, we – there's a lot that goes into this versus just, you know, a simple bucket of bull. Yeah, it's one giant chess game, right? There, every day I'm like, oh, we didn't do this. Like, okay, well, we'll do this, this, and this different. You know, like, it's in, you know, as soon as you think you have a plan, no. It will change. <laughs> it'll rain, you know, like last week with the whole snowing situation yes oh my goodness I I have just been floored you know we were blessed to not completely have a train wreck at our house Um, I think we lost ended up losing two calves Um, but you know I've talked to some friends of ours today and they lost eight some other people lost 12 and it just like heartbreaking um, because you know we're just not set up for that here yeah yeah um, to be able to to put a little bit of that out on social media, we're vulnerable, I mean, as much as anyone, and to know that, like, we did all we could to, to keep this stuff alive. You know, there's 150 head of cattle here, cows, calves, and, and hauling bulls, and it, it was a struggle. I mean, like, I wanted to just, like, cry. There were some days when I just was so worn out from, you know, the electricity was out, we're on a well, we have no water, so the electricity the rolling blackout situation you know we would have electricity for 30 minutes and we would be trying to water bulls and carry water and break ice like it it was terrible but you know it it, it all worked out but those were some of the things and Courtney did a great job sharing that story of, of so many farmers and ranchers and I'm sure you guys had it tough as well but we definitely showed another side of the ranching community of like we're, we're struggling. We're getting through it, but it, it, it was a struggle. Yeah, well, it's the reality of it all, I think, that you just don't think about. I mean, farming and ranching doesn't stop just because it's cold outside, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, there'd be some days when I would love for, um, you know, them to feed themselves. That would be yeah. so good. <laughs> I'm like, golly, if you could just go pour the feed bucket by yourself. Like, I know you know how to get in the feed room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Self-serve buffet. Yeah. Definitely make my job a little easier because, uh, you know, they, they just stand here. And if, if you're five minutes late, Wupa turns his trough over, um, <laughs> you know, things like that. So they're on a schedule and they know right then you better have it done and, and be there to feed. They're they're waiting on you. Oh, too funny. Well, Katie, um, I know you're a busy lady, so we're going to kind of move into the rapid fire questions here to finish things off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, also, though, before we do that, I wanted to make sure um, that we talk about where people can connect with you before I ask you your final question. Got it. So just Katie Perspacher on Facebook as well as Hook and W Ranch and Hook and W Ranch on Instagram as well. And then my Instagram is just Katie Persch, P-E-R-S-C-H. And that's, there's uh, Woopaw has its own Facebook page. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's that's where we pretty much there and on Instagram is where we pretty much post all the the bull stuff um my facebook's pretty boring but the the hook and w page we try to to post all of the the bull stuff that we can on there 
perfect, and I'll um, make sure to include all that, too, for those of you who are listening and want to get in touch with them. Um, and then rapid-fire questions. Okay, first one is your favorite candy. Oh, um, oh Lord, I'm not – this is crazy. I'm not really a candy lover, but something sour, that's pretty much my go-to. All right, that'll that'll work. <laughs> um, are you a morning or night person? Oh, if I have to be up early, I can do it, but I am not really a morning person, but I'm going to go to bed at like 9 o'clock kind of person too. <laughs> I, I <definitely laughs> I'm, I'm bombing your questions here. <laughs> and then um, the final one is kind of a random but kind of fun one. If you were to buy a yacht, what would you name it? Oh, top dollar. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, well, definitely. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day um, and getting to talk to me a little bit about the bull industry and kind of what you guys do. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it so, so much. We'll see you all next time.